0: Welcome to a new episode of Carolyn Talks. I'm your, co- your host I'm your host, Carolyn Hines, <laughs> film critic and journalist. And this is one of my episodes for the 2023 Sundance Film Festival. And today I am joined by two special guests to talk about their film White Anne. I am joined by writer and director Shalini Adnani. So, um, I'm also joined by editor Anna Meller and music and music designer Holly Bouger. <laughs> yeah Holly and we're going to talk about the film so this is I'm calling it an experimental short because I love how the sound design and the visuals of this film work really well together it's kind of spooky and it's kind of creepy unexpected to me anyway it kind of felt almost like a sci-fi um alien film You, I'll get into it you guys will understand what I mean when I do it but so this is a man who's, who, who goes home to Mumbai and his house is overrun by um termites and I being from the Caribbean can have seen up close and personal what the de- what damage termites can do to houses so I kind of understood where you were going with this film Shalini so we'll get into that but as usual before we go into the conversations I'd like to have my guests say a bit about themselves so Shalini will have you go first and then Holly and Anna so talk a bit about what got all three of you involved in filmmaking and then how you came together to work for on White Ant. Um,
1: yeah, so I um, my background wasn't in filmmaking. Um, I My parents are Indian and they migrated to Chile. And so I didn't grow up in a place where like filmmaking was very common. Um, and I, I did my bachelor's and I studied uh, political philosophy and like Latin American studies. So it was completely different. Um, and I just slowly got into it because a friend sort of asked me to write a script once because um, she knew that I could write. And then I tried it, and then I sort of went on set, and and I kind of realized I really liked it. Um, and then I ended up going to London to study film. Um, so that's kind of how I got to film, and and you know um, I've kind of never turned my back on it. Um, and then White Ant came came around because actually I was working on my feature, and I was developing my feature, and in a way I took a step back, and I realized my feature is also set in India and I realized I had never worked in India. I'd been there every summer, but I'd never worked there and I wanted to do something there that in a way got the team together for the feature and got me ready. Um, It was was kind of in preparation for something. Um, So that's when I decided to write White Ants, and it's really based on observing my father going back to India every year and sort of um experiencing his ancestral home being abandoned and and then you know they're all it was like separate occasions I sort of like piece things together but he did have to deal with a termite infestation um and you know it was like it was it was pretty you know disgusting and you know no one could be in the house for a while and I think it like really um it really shook everyone that was in the house because suddenly they realized there was like flies um And there was like things flying all over the hallways um and i think that when they realized that they had been living with these termites for basically years and they had only been seeing the effects like you know years later i think it just provoked something kind of scary in people
0: yeah yeah and holly and anna
2: yeah so um i kind of accidentally i think going to film I've been doing music since the dawn of time and space, really, like before I could talk or walk, (laughs) I was playing something. But um, yeah, I was just studying music production. So it was composition and technology, but kind of more on a songwriter level. And someone just asked me to score a film and it was just like a light bulb moment. Uh, My mom's actually a painter as well. So I've always had the visual arts um, in my life and as soon as they kind of combined it was i just stumbled into it in the most unexpected way but everything combined in the most perfect way that i don't know how i didn't foresee beforehand um so yeah that's kind of how i got into film and then after that i specialized in it and went to the national film and tv school and didn't really look back ever since and me and shalini Before White Ant, we'd kind of worked together on a few other projects um, that were really brilliant and really fun. And yeah, we met through a mutual um, film connection and that's kind of how we started working together. And now we're here.
3: Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Budapest in Hungary and, uh, and when I was a kid, we didn't, we had one TV channel and I think we had about one film a year um, that came out in the cinemas that were suitable for children, and my parents would take me. I think every Christmas to the cinema once a year, and this it was this huge thing that I was always looking forward to, and and I just fell in love with cinema then. And then later on, once I was a bit older, I could get hold of films from from uh, you know all over the world, and and I knew this is what I wanted to do, and I moved to London to study editing and. And and started editing really and and I um, got introduced to Shalini through uh, another director, a mutual friend of ours and and, and her producers, and she sent me the, the treatment and the script, and also Holly's score because Holly's already written something to the script at that point <laughs> to say are you interested in this and I was cutting a feature at the time but I read it and I immediately I said oh wow this is just something I absolutely have to do because it was you could really get a sense for what the film is going to be like from from the material she sent me and um, and I said please please wait for me to finish this and, and, and let me edit it because I love it so much and and yeah, and yeah so I was very happy to be involved. Yeah. yeah. This-
0: Sorry, go ahead.
1: I was saying and we did wait for we did wait for Anna. We had to sort of we there like we didn't start editing right away. We sort of waited cuz I really wanted to get a chance to work with Anna.
0: Mm, yeah, this film is like it, it's very different and it's very um I call it experimental because like the way how you use sound and also the editing because like a lot of the sounds intercut over the scenes, you know, like you'll have the the character Who's the man? Who is not named? Very interestingly, he like we he's not referred to by a name. He's just referred to as Sir by um by the by the house workers. But he as he moves through like the house and the spaces, like the the music plays over. You know, like there's like transitions with scenes, and then you just have this creepy sound of the termites. And as soon as I finished watching um the shorts, like these were the literally the shorts in the short program three were the first things that I watched for Sundance. And your in uh, yours was the first e- one of the first emails that I sent out, Shilini requesting interviews. Because I was like, this film is creepy. And I was like, I need to speak to the creatives. <laughs> <laughs> not expecting it to be as creepy and as unsettling as it is, but like what you the three of you did, I think you kind of added like I called it a sci-fi as well because it just made me think of aliens. You know, it made me think not only alien the film, but just like these termites could be considered aliens and the sounds that the that they that they make like the exterminator he calls it a toktoki and while he's doing this because he's like they're knocking and they're communicating with the queen i'm like it also sounds like um like a sound from like a fifth or sixth dimension you know so i want you guys to talk about as you were like when you were like actually conceptualize the film like just coming together with what you wanted the sound of the film to be because it has a very distinct um quality to the song like uh, it, as i said it sounds like very alienish and it sounds like it's not off earth and it sounds very creepy and spooky so when the three of you were coming together you decide this is what this film is going to look like this is what it's going to sound like what was that conversation like
1: um yeah i think i always wanted to play with um the sort of texture of the film which was like shot on film it feels very old and nostalgic and this sort of newness you know like i i, I always uh, like i like to juxtapose like tradition and modernity and so that's why the the termites feel almost robotic and um and i guess like you said the term sci-fi um and so with the with the sound and the music it was similar um it was we always spoke about sort of creating metallic sort of sounds And I actually, me and Holly um, started um, we sort of worked together on the music before we even went on shoot. So I knew that there was going to be this sort of termite um, animated sequence. And um, I was talking to Holly and sort of sharing a lot of references. And she actually composed something for that sequence before we went out and shot it. Um, And that sequence, um, I believe Holly, correct me if I'm wrong, I was like really obsessed with this one instrument which is yes. called, I mean yeah, we both were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it's called a morchung, uh in Spanish. It's so it's it, what's amazing about it, it's in Spanish it's called a bidam but it's what's amazing about it is that it's an, it's an indigenous uh, instrument that exists both in in Asia and Latin America, and you know, in different continents, completely different tribes. Um, but both of these regions just had the, that same instrument, and it's like it's a metallic instrument that you put on your, in your mouth and it sort of harps. Mm. Um, so it has something really interesting in that it's very earthy and organic because obviously you're using your mouth, but it's super metallic. Um, and that was kind of our starting off point. And we started playing around with sounds. And, and to be honest, uh, in the early days, the sound of that that segment and of the entire film was actually way more heightened. And it wasn't until we were in the edit that we realized, okay, this might be too much. <laughs> like, sure. like, I might have to um, dial it back a little bit. Yeah, we were
2: having fun. <laughs> it's definitely um, with the music, I think we were definitely trying to connect with the sort of like traditional, that instrument is actually quite ancient. It's over 1,500 years old, something like that, and try and modernize it. So, a lot of the. Most of the music really is kind of forged out of live instruments and then processing it and seeing what can be done to make it feel electronic, make it feel um, give it that metallic sound and kind of have it exist within the two worlds. So, yeah, that was definitely the intention we had.
0: Mm, yeah the 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 instruments I, I don't think I'm familiar with that one but the thing is with the music as you were talking you kind of also maybe think of how it could also play as like an industrial sound in, in a way like you know like um because and and which is interesting because like termites they attack wood you know they can't attack metal but the music itself has this kind of like an industrial feel and sound to it so you have like this wood and this metal um just the position going on, which is also kind of interesting. Why I, I associate it with sci-fi because we don't necessarily associate sci-fi elements with wood, with wood, you know. But which is which I think is um, it's kind of cool <laughs> and interesting. I think I I like that when um when you have a film like this where like for you as the I'm um, the composer and music designer, like you're you're thinking I'm we're gonna go way outside the box to come up with the instruments, because who would think of a 1500-year-old instrument for a film essentially set in 2022?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, Shalini would.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know this is one thing I love about working with Holly. I sort of go on like weird adventures in in India and like bring back instruments. Um, I think I brought back that, this flute that was made out of sand, which I love. And I sort of, I sort of handed it to her, and I was like, "Look, they told me that you can't play it. Like, you just don't know how to play it. It's impossible." But I know that you'll be able to. And like, I mean, even when I've been around your studio, Holly, you've got like, you know, it's, you know, like, I, don't, I don't know what
2: it, like strings of, of pianos and yeah. like, um, I like and so and it's, it's becoming a problem. I don't have much space left. <laughs> Could you play the flute? Uh, that flute yeah yeah i feel like you remember i went i just put it straight in my mouth and and it was just like it made a noise and we were like oh
1: (laughs) yeah Um, it was um definitely experimenting with with music and sounds is something that um i really enjoy and you know and holly also um you know does the best with it so it's amazing yeah it's
2: exciting i think it's one of those things that for me it really inspires creativity and you never know quite what you're going to get and i feel Mm -hmm. like those happy accidents are kind of what makes the brain kind of like explode with ideas. And um, yeah, that's, I think, how we got our score, really, starting with the mochang and then expanding out and just playing.
0: Right. And for you, Anna, like um, with the editing of this film, the editing is very smooth. Like there's no there's no shortcuts, you know, like the scenes transition very, um, very um, seamlessly seamlessly. Right and like there and like it's all it could almost feel like a one long take and the only reason you know it's not a one long one long take is because like it goes from like night to day then back to day again because like the it, the character he's in the house over the period of it I was thinking maybe like a weekend or a few or a few days but like talk a bit about the editing for this film because it's like it at this and it kind of made me think creepy because for a lot of horror films in particular like editing plays a very important role in like keeping the pace of the film even and keeping the and keeping the tension that you that the audience would feel while we we're watching a film because like for me editing like if a film if a scene doesn't stay long enough on a certain element it be, it just feels very um truncated like you're not being able to sit in the moment but for the audience we get to sit with this character as he's exploring this house like it's like um like he's never actually been there before it's almost like he was plopped into another world and he's like to me um i think that's the way the actor plays it where he's like he he's feeling this house like it's he's never been there it's like an alien world to him
3: i'm very glad to say that because that was the intention i think we didn't want to make it um i mean we didn't want to make it something in terms of the edit definitely we wanted to give it this sort of i mean the film we wanted it to be very experiential. And I think we wanted it to flow and we wanted you to be able to view it, to be able to sort of just settle into it and really kind of, you know, start thinking and start feeling things that aren't necessarily suggested very directly by the film. And I certainly didn't want to kind of impose too much basiness um, or, or cuts that were very noticeable and rhythmic in a, In in a way that that was self-serving, I think I think it it, and 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 the other element of that is that the sound is taking such a such a it's it's almost more important than, I mean I know I wouldn't say that because the image is so great, but it's it's on equal footing I would say with the image, so we wanted that to be a. To be to be a big part of it, and and also we didn't want it to be a horror. Sh- Shalini told me very early on that she doesn't want this to be a horror, so we were trying to stay away from um, from any uh, you know like uh, genre genre influence in that sense as well. Um, and 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 Shalini and Adric has have um have have been very specific in the way they decided to shoot the film as well. So it really was quite easy to make it seamless. That's the other thing I must say, because they really thought it through. It was shot on 60 millimeter film and it was very, very beautifully conceived and, and shot and um, which made it very simple to make it fluid.
1: Mm. Um, I just wanted to add something about the edit um, and, and sort, of about, sort of talking about the horror. Funny enough, um, after the first cut of this, I did show it to some of my producers and the first thing they said to me is that you need to do, you need to make horror in the future. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not naturally drawn to horror, but I think I do like the tension that it creates, I think. Um, but we did have another character in the edit and the film did at one point feel more like it was a character development and it was more of a character journey into this village and he sort of encountered his, his neighbor. And I ultimately felt like um, I wanted something that was more experiential, that necessarily that you could just go into completely immerse yourself in experience and sort of come out and then try and figure out, um, you know, I think there's something about having quite an emotional or visceral experience to something and then trying to find the logic later. Um, so uh, we ended up cutting out that that um, that character and focusing on on sort of creating that tension in
0: the Mm. film no I think cutting the character um was good because having the film be about this one character to me that really makes it more um personal and more um contained and more um I think that really brings home the tension because I it's funny that um like you said Anna like she didn't want it to be a horror but like to me it felt it feels very much horror-ish or like very close to the genre horror because as I say, like I've seen personally what termites can do and like being in a house that is being literally destroyed from the inside like that it's it's creepy because when the when you're in a house with termites like the the wood starts to actually decompose and it will like start to literally rain down on you and it's like the decomposing wood and it's also the term like poop but like it it's it, 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 it,
2: it,
0: <laughs> it, it's true it's true i found that out in second school my teacher was like oh yeah it's like their ass that's like their poop i'm like Haha, good to know but it's like it, but it's like you're in a place that is and that's falling apart and that's scary i think that's scary like to think that you're in a house that could collapse around you at any minute and then with the sound design the sound design is like you're hearing these termites and like they're like they're communicating and they're communicating with their queen which again kind of made me think of aliens and it's just like you have these little invaders that are mm-hmm. destroying the, the remnants of your and your ancestry your home you know like when your family home is gone like there's like that's the last tangible thing of your family and there's this scene with a chair where the um the caretaker Bunty, like they bring a chair and said, "Oh, we kept this chair for you." And at the end, he has to burn that chair because you can't keep wood. Like the thing with termites is, if they, if if they if they have a colony in a house, like, any type of wood you have to destroy, right? And like they can't keep it. And so for I saw that scene; it's kind of poignant. Where it's like he can't have, he can't even have this one chair. You know, he can't even have this, and that's horrific. That's when you think about it. Like this is his, this is his family, um, his family um, heirlooms. And he doesn't have these now. And he's all alone. And that's scary, like, to think he has to go through all of this alone.
1: Yeah, um, I think I also definitely was interested in this idea of... um, of I think the way that we ignore nature around us and the way that it sort of secretly can creep up and and take over us I think you know humans think that they're so powerful um but you know when something's left behind it literally will take a matter of like 10 years and 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 sort of nature will take over
0: yeah like the nature um nature will reclaim the space like if you if you can you can have a house is like and the funny thing with me is like the house got taken over by termites, but it could have also been just the vegetation and could have reclaimed the house too. Like he would come back and the house would be overtaken by vegetation. And that mm-hmm. happens like, you know, like in the Caribbean, you can be walking down um, a, like a country road and you'll just see a house that's just like covered in grass or like a tree would just grow out of the middle of the house because like nature, <laughs> to quote, I'm Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Bloom in um, in Jurassic Park, nature finds a way. Um, <laughs> yes. like you know and like nature will always find a way to reclaim its space especially when humans are invasive but you can walk down the street and see a plant sprouting up through a concrete pavement you know like human everything we make is like is eventually going to fall apart like nothing we make is permanent and I think that's what the film is also saying to me is like this home that his family built it's not permanent you know it's kind of ephemeral and speaking by ephemeral like the film also has very visually, has a very particular um, feel. You said he shot it on 60 millimeter film, but there's a couple scenes that I thought were interesting. Like in one part of the house, there's these Christmas lights. And I thought mm-hmm. that there was such an, it, it's such an odd um, juxtaposition to everything else around the house. Cause everything else in the house is mahogany, it's rattan, it's co- it's like t- um, tash and this kind of stuff. But you have this part of the house that's more modern cause it's electrical color lights. And then um, when he, he takes a walk in the field, and this scene kind of reminds me of this cartoon we used to watch years ago. And it was something that I read referenced in <laughs> romance, but it's called the Willow wisp you know, like this, um, this very eerie light that floats over like um, bodies of water and it's a mist. And it kind of, and those two things, you have the blue lights in the field and then these blue and these pretty color lights in the house. I want you to talk a bit about those. Cause I thought that they were like this very interesting in, um, input of color into the film because the regular color palette of the film is kind of muted and neutral colors, but you got these two scenes and these two different spaces where you have like um like just bright colors. Yeah. Um so
1: with Adric, my cinematographer, we actually walked around um uh Mumbai and also the villages and really observed the way that light worked in, in the villages and You know, it is a country that obviously, you know, in some ways, it's, you know, still hasn't modernized, you know, there are still loads of slums and things like that. But one thing that has really shifted is lights. Um, So LED lights are everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, what we did do is we observed um, a lot of the houses. And one thing that you can see in house after house is that there's always a little temple um, oh, okay, I was okay. wondering
0: if it was an altar. I was wondering if it yeah. was an altar.
1: Okay, and it doesn't matter like how rundown houses. There's gonna be a, there's gonna be a little altar, a little temple with like bright lights. Um, so we did want cont- to keep it grounded in in reality and make it authentic. But that was one way for us to integrate the color. I mean, from the beginning, I wanted to play with this sort of like like the the tradition or the sort of like nostalgia of the sixteen millimeter. With more modern lights and elements, so there was it was very intentional to sort of use LED lights in in the lighting around, like outside the house at night, um, and then the altar came up as a solution in a way that we were like, this is real for the houses there, and it would help us, you know, keep this sort of playing this sort of game that we're playing with like modern lights and um, more traditional houses. Um, and then, with the lights in the field, um, again, I wanted to play with this idea of like modernity entering really rural spaces. and you know um, the lights are, really are about um, uh, farmers in the area using light technology to um, to keep um, you know insects and termites away. Um, and you know this happens a lot in, in in these kinds of countries where people are finding new technologies to deal with like old problems really. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And um and Holly, so this just occurred to me, but um when you're making a film like this and like you're using like Asian instruments and all uh, and like as um, Shalini is talking about mod- the modern with the old, like what, what what how fun was it for you as a composer and a sound designer to be able to to find ways to get the old and the new for this film? Because like, I think it would, Im- I imagine it would be very fun to, to, to find new ways to use, to not only in- to do instrumentals, but also to integrate the sound of the termites because I find they have a rhythm, like the way, like, like the, t- the sounds of the termites make in this film have a very particular rhythm to, to it. And it also made me think of like, um, feedback or the crackling from a microphone, you know, like someone, it, the thought I may put the note in my face and my phone, but, um, Oh my gosh, is this sci-fi film where they're trying to like, where they're communicating with um, extraterrestrials and you know mm. like you, you're trying to listen to a signal and the signal isn't coming through. So that's the, that's the sound that it made me think of like someone trying to communicate with an outside world or or with an extraterrestrial world like two, three million like, like years away.
2: Yeah, I mean, the answer was is it's it was very, very fun. I mean, I think that's where a lot of the metallic sort of presence comes from as well. When you think about the electronics of the lights um, and playing with those textures too. And yeah, we were very conscious of um, the termites and the sound and um, blending the music with that so that it would work harmoniously. Um, Cause yeah, as Shalini said, we kind of started like at script stage playing around. And then we did realize, I think a lot of it was because of the sound of the termites that we needed to kind of clear the way for them a bit so they could have their their presence. And um, it's an interesting one cause they are quite percussive and quite rhythmical. And the mochang that we mentioned is also technically a, a percussion instrument. So there's like a lot of really like subtle percussions, that were played around with. And in many ways, they kind of really worked well together and then also had their own presence. So they had their own identity too. Um, And I think, yeah, the score was kind of figuring out how to let those identities sing and also connect with our lead character, but not give too much away um, so that each viewer can kind of come to the film and kind of interpret in a way that's personal to them so it's really interesting to hear your experience with termites i think because i i imagine that's probably what's bringing the <laughs> the intense reaction with the like the...
3: very <laughs> intense
2: because
0: yeah. i i for one don't really like bugs i am not a fan of bugs i am not a fan <laughs> of roaches at all and like i i people think i'm joking but i would rather snakes than roaches or buzz I've touched snakes, I've held snakes. Snakes don't bother me. They feel a little bit weird to hold because of their skills. But roaches, no, no. So like and the thing is I think a lot of people don't know is like termites fly. And, <laughs> and so like when they when they fly, we call them in Barbados, we call them flying ants. When they start to fly and that's when like they 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 that's when you really start to um actually worry about them because they come out in the rainy season. And because they come up because of the humidity and the wood starts to get like wet and stuff. And because like in the Caribbean, in Barbados, all of our houses are either made from are made from wood and concrete. So like the house, the foundation, everything is what is concrete, but our ceilings are made from wood. So we use like hardwood, like mahogany, purple heart, green heart. And we use those particularly because termites can't really eat through purple heart or green heart because the wood is so so um, so tough. But, like, the older houses are made from, like, regular pine wood and stuff. So, like, the older houses in the neighborhoods, they're the ones that get attacked by the termites. So, when you start to, you literally be walking down this, the, the street and you just see, like, it's just, like, your, your vision is obscured because there's so many flying ads or the termites <laughs> are just, like, flying. Uh. And when you, when like, when you get, you, and you, like, it's so funny, but when you're walking down this, when you're going home, you just hear people shutting their windows because you don't want them to come in. And the only way to get rid of them once they start flying is like we take a basin of water or like a bowl of water and put it up to the light because they fly into the water from the reflection. And that's the only like you can spray it and spray them but like you don't want to be trapped in a house filled with like <laughs> insect spray. So the most economical and environmentally safe way to kill them is just take a bucket of water, stand on a chair. For literally a like half an hour <laughs> up to the light and have them fly into the water so like yes personal really, with yeah. termites
2: hearing you talk about it honestly the fear is starting to set in for me so, so
0: listen once they start flying it's like new because you don't want it's to it your yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, like no, they flame to your food, your drink. No, new. No, no, no. Did
3: you expect them to start suddenly? Did you expect that to be the ending of our film that they suddenly all start flying that- I was not surprised when when because like I was like yeah no like once
0: they reach that stage the house is theirs like it's like there's no saving it eat and burn it or I watch it like or watch it just, like, fall apart bit by bit, which is sad, which is the sadness of the film. Like, this film is talking about this character. He's, his, uh, like, I was saying, like, his ancestral home is gone. gone. And, like, once it comes to, when it, when it comes to that point, like, there's no reclaiming it, you know? There's no taking it back. Like, everything is lost. And it kind of, I don't know why, but this film also made me think of colonization, mm-hmm. and colonialism. You're not and, the first person to say this. Pardon? You're not the first person to say this. Sorry. Yeah, it's, and it just made me think of colonialism. Like how when the when the British arrived in India, like they're just like yeah. an invading, um, an invading force. They're an invading parasite. And once they arrived, not only in India but in like the Caribbean and Latin America and South America, like once again, we have not been able to get rid of them.
1: That's so interesting. This is my favorite interpretation of the film because I don't, I don't think I thought of that. I think I just write from like a very um responsive place, hmm. but. Um, a few people thought that it really was talking about colonialism, especially because we talk about the termites communicating to the queen mm-hmm. and all these things like that. And I just, I love that interpretation. I'm, I'm, I'm I, I kind of, I'm down for it basically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because, because there's another scene where this is one of the few times he interacts with other people. Like he's walking through the town, the, um, the the town and he's listening to these, these farmers talking about their crops are being destroyed. And they're, they're, and like one of the men say like, every year we go through this, like, it's like, every, so we try to find a solution and like, nothing really seems to work. And, um, and the thing is, is like, that's, that's, I think that's also the thing about nature, like nature, as I was saying, but nature, not only will find a way, but like, I, I think as human beings, we don't l- learn how to live in harmony with nature. We try to take it over, you know, we try to like dominate it. And like, mm-hmm. And rather than trying to find ways to coexist. And it's not only with nature, but even with other people. Like, you know, even like um, but like people who are immigrants, like I'm an immigrant, but other people in like our spaces, if you live in a building, like people will be like, I don't want to coexist with the people in the space that I live with, you know, I want to be isolated, I want to live on my own. And like we would all be better off if we learned to coexist, you know, like, oh, why can't we all just get along? But it's true. <laughs> But except for termites, I don't want to get along with termites. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but for so for East for, for, for you, um, for Holly and Anna, for you, when you were making the film, like what kind of because I'm I'm thinking about my interpretation for the film, but like for the two of you, what was your interpretation for the film? Like once everything was to um, was done and you finished editing and you finished your music and you were saying I used to see this when I was making it, but after the process, because you know, sometimes we were making something we can't see what it is we can't see the end result until it's like completely finished but for the two of you they want when you were finished it what thoughts did you have about the film um at at the end
3: you know actually I find for me it's the other way around is I go into it with an interpretation or I have mm. a feeling and by the time you finish it it's not yours anymore it's uh mm. it's um it it's it, I, I I really I, I that's why I love coming you know coming to the festival and seeing other people uh see it and and how they feel it. I think probably it will take me another five years to actually watch it, with every film I make, to watch it and, and see it as a viewer for, for the first time. But going into it, I think my personal connection to it was, I'm also an immigrant. Um, I live in London, but I'm originally from Budapest. And the feeling I get when I go back to, uh, my ancestral home is very different to uh, to the one in the film. And yet the feelings, and I'm a first generation immigrant. So the feelings I have, I think, and the feelings uh, our character um, uh, has um, are not the same, but I can definitely relate to that process. Mm.
2: Yeah, similar. I'm based in London, but I'm originally from Gibraltar and um, the sort of connection to going back to home. I actually find this film quite calming personally. Yeah, I just love existing in the space. And I feel like every time I rewatch it, I come out with a sort of different emotional sort of state, which is what I really love about it. I feel like depending on the mood I have going into it, I'll come out with a slightly different response. And I mean, yeah, I, I love that about it. It's um, and, and that's what's been so great, I think, about watching it with an audience and hearing their responses because there's such an array and... Uh, yeah it's 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 amazing it's wonderful can't really pinpoint a certain thing but i connect with it on a lot of a lot of levels yeah mm.
0: that's the thing with film like sometimes it depends on where we are mentally anything emotionally at a point in time like i could watch a film like for this i watched it over twice and like i i still have the same feeling of like angst and like trepidation and and again that's possibly basically again my own personal relationship with termites but the thing is, is like the thing with a lot of films like sometimes it's where you are mentally, emotionally at a point in time, like you can feel a way about a film now and then like 10 or even 10, 15 years down the road, like you feel you have a completely different uh, perspective on it because it's about not only our personal relationships with the stories, but it's just like how we've grown as people. And like we learned, we grow and like that allows us, that allows us to see things from a completely different perspective. And I think also um, in thinking about it, the film Shilini is kind of is about that because this is this character, he's what, well, late 50s, early 60s and he's going back to the home and he's seeing it in a completely different way as an adult than when he was as a child living there. And it's not only because the house is destroyed, but I think for me, I kind of read it as like, he's feeling the sentimentality of seeing his home and seeing his this place that he played around as a child being destroyed and like, he didn't appreciate it when he was younger but know that it's being destroyed is when he wishes he could have he had time to appreciate it but he doesn't
1: yeah definitely and i also think i was very interested in that particular um age range of men and sort of immigrant first generation immigrants who i think i think that that age range of men they don't really have that much access to their emotions That so there's like a real disconnect so i was really interested in also observing the emotional disconnect with the house and like trying to access exactly what he was feeling. You know, this isn't someone that has a lot of emotions, but obviously the house is falling apart. And it's like he can't help but you know react to what's in front of him.
0: Right. And the thing and the thing is where we start to see like he starts off very curiously and and um Anna, this is the interesting thing where the editing is like as I said, some of these shots feel like they could be long takes and it's um and it's the way he moves through the house, and he. I think it's interesting that he starts so curious, you know, like in, almost like a child, where he takes the headphones and he puts it on, and like at night he can't sleep and he's listening to the sound of the termites and the cat. And the and I think it's interesting how the camera moves focuses on him and then on the wood, but then back on him. So i um, for and I want you to talk a bit about just like editing the scenes to to give the audience a sense of where this character is at mentally because like it moves from being curious to I think almost being afraid in a way like he's he's not realizing that this house could possibly collapse so like he's like he's realizing yeah this is not this is a more serious situation than I was anticipating.
3: Yes I mean um in terms of mapping that out I can't actually take too much credit because it really was uh, Shalini and 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 Adric have really sort of thought about this very much uh you know the way they were going to going to shoot it and when when you're going to go close and when you're going to go wide so of course there's always things you will do in the edit and there'll be moments you choose not to use and so that to uh, leave the emphasis on certain other moments and close-ups and and they've lost things but um what you were saying was exactly exactly the feeling is is really you know you have to see it in order for the immersive nature of the film, the experiential nature of the film to work, you really have to go with the character as much as you can. And he's not um, a type of character, I think, that a lot of us necessarily would immediately um, um, feel a connection to. But uh, to me, actually, that childlike nature of his fascination with this device and the discovery of it, just that was the moment when I saw him Sort of looking at this device uh, uh, like such a geek, like a, like a child. That I could really that was the moment that I really connected with him, and I think we definitely felt that that was the key, a key turning point in the film, uh, and 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 where we could go into a more subjective space, um, and 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 let the sound and the termites take over and 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 follow his journey um, through discovering that.
0: Right. Um Shanny talk about the casting because this character I that's Denzel Smith is his Mm -hmm. name. So talk about about a casting because like for like we're saying like for the character like this, because he's more mature and he's older, like I think is um I think it's like something kind of special. You have an older, more mature character who's able to tap into like the curiosity of a child in a way and then also be having to do a mature aspect where he's like talking with his I assume his family members and he's and he has the responsibility of deciding what to do with his family home so talk a bit about casting him and how you and the actor and how you and Denzel worked with regards to portraying um this character because he doesn't talk much like most of his acting is in a how in in how his face relates to the situations and like how he reacts to the space that he's in
1: Um, yeah, so I had originally, um, we had one actor signed up and then last minute dropped out. So, so we were looking or sort of desperately looking for someone, you know, our shoot date was set. Um, and I actually sent the script out to, um, um, a really great Indian actor. His name is Adil Hussain. Um, and, and that was our uh, sort of, and funny enough, he was reading the script and he was on set with Denzel and Denzel took the script from him, read it, and then contacted us and said, you know, I am the character. (laughs) <laughs> and uh and of course I believed it, but then I had a Zoom call with him and and on the Zoom call, he was um really interesting. I mean, Denzel's like just such a funny person to work with. He's he's so lovely, but he was very busy um throughout the Zoom call and didn't quite interact. And I think um I think that's when I realized that he really was the character, that he was someone that actually Kind of kept himself busy and 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 didn't quite want to sort of get to the emotional core of things, but that's exactly what we were looking for. Um, and um, that's really what it, you know what what the casting was. We sort of approached him, and he's like, "This is this is me." And after one Zoom call, I realized that it would work really well. And and then we just kind of took it from there. You know, he on set he was incredibly collaborative and had some really great ideas and. Um, and yeah, something I, I always loved about him was just the sort of stoic nature of his performance. I feel like he gets, he, he, he emotes a lot with very little. Mm. Um, and, and yeah, so that was really lovely. And then some of the, and the other actors were either non-actors or um, the inspector came from a, th- from a theater, a local theater. That was his oh. first
0: time,
1: first time working on film.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Um, but yeah, I think Denzel, like the he's kind of very stoic, and like I kind of read that character as like he's someone like in his daily life doesn't really communicate with people. No. Um, often like he's more he's more interior as a person, and not like he's um introverted, but like he's the kind of character that if I don't have anything to say, I'm not going to say anything at all. <laughs> yeah, you know? definitely. Definitely.
1: He's yeah, definitely.
0: Definitely. Yeah. So so I kind of read him as that way. Oh. Um, right. Uh, Selene, where did you yes, go? I'm
1: sorry I'm here I just had to um had to plug in my charger yeah <laughs> oh, okay okay
0: <laughs> yes yeah, so I kind of read him as being very um very because I know people like that they're like they're and it's not that they're being rude or anything or that they're introverted you're just like I don't have anything to say so I'm not going to say anything he, yeah <laughs> I all. also I think
1: it is um sim- it is sort of something about generation you know um, it is generational it is how people access their emotions in certain generations and and in some ways it's 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 an easier way for immigrants to divide their um, their sort of like ancest- ancestry to the sort of this sort of new life I think us as a generation are very much constantly um, questioning both of these um, identities that we have whereas maybe you know first generation uh immigrants or other generations um don't really ask themselves those questions as much
0: yeah i think it like possibly has to do with um like a, so kind of like a survival mechanism Whereas like they especially if you're moving to a country um that is not anywhere close to similar to yours you know like we all we're, like all i think it's interesting <laughs> that all of us are immigrants and like we now live um, in like in North America or London and like it when and, and and it just the thought just occurred to me like these two areas of the West are um, colonialism central you know like and like that and like the, where and like these two empires have changed the world so much and especially for older generations like my dad. Um, he's lived all over the world. He's lived in the Middle East, he's lived in Japan, he's lived here in Canada where I am now, and in America. And like he has a very different way of looking at the world as my as me and my sister do. Because he is and it's not that you keep your head down, but it's more as like you don't like like for like for him, like his generation is work is everything, you know. You gotta work, you gotta work, you gotta work, you gotta work and for like our I think our younger generations we're more um able to explore our creativity like your filmmakers now editors musicians I'm a film critic but like for their generation they would have never thought of doing the things that we that we're able to do now because they're like if you're a doctor go work and be a doctor if you're a nurse go work and be a nurse go be a teacher you know most of them most of the expats from that generation have were in very particular fields of fields of work you know teachers doctors lawyers engineers and then when you try then when you become an immigrant like you go working something like janitorial you know go and be an office assistant and you're like this is not what I went to school doing this is not the job that I had in my homeland but it's a survival it's like a survival thing and I got that from him where like his I imagine because of his age he's faced a lot of obstacles so he's learned how to like you know keep his head down and just do what he has to do
1: Yeah, I think survival is the right word for it. I mean, this is this is someone who, um, who is more concerned with that. And I think that's why um, one of the first instances that he directly relates and sort of talks about the house is when he's on the phone to someone and he says, and his first thought is just about the monetary practical Mm -hmm. elements of it. Like, you know, the house isn't going to sell. It's a mess. And I think That's, you know, a character like that, that would be their initial reaction uh, confronted with that situation. It's just dealing with the practicalities, you know, how much is it going to cost me? How am I going to, you know, make this work? And the emotional connection is completely lost at first.
0: Yeah, and you only refine, you only get close to the um the emotional component. I think close to the end where he starts this, and this is where the real, to the real heart element of the film comes in because he's lying there and the house is creaking, and it's like um in the and it's funny to me because in the Caribbean we say like houses settle, you know, like when you build a new house like it'll will actually moan and groan for like a, for like maybe a, like a year or two, and we say the house is settling. Oh, and like that, that sound that, that that house that that house was making, it sounded almost like it was settling. But then you realize it starts to actually crumble, literally starts to crumble around him. And I'm like, this house is not selling. This house is about to collapse around him. And then you have the Kate Taker just standing there like, you know, in a horror film where there's always someone standing there looking at the monster and coming down on you. And like, why are you standing there? Run. And, he, and he's like, dude, he's like, Bunty, move. Yeah. Bunty's just standing there in awe. Yeah. Oh, look at yeah. And he's like, Bunty, move. And he has to physically move him. But then when he steps up, when they step away from the house, this is where I think you, this is, to me, I saw as this is the moment where he realizes I, there's nothing to salvage, it's, it's all completely gone.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um I I mean I, you know, I've watched the film many times um and um I still sort of feel um it's quite heartfelt for me at the end, you know, when I think he he kind of lets go a little bit. Um and also seeing the father's portrait before at the, right before that. Um you know, it is it is the moment that he actually has to confront his feelings towards the house. Um
0: and it's... yeah it's 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 sad like because like once the house starts to fall like that like it's, it's it's very sad and um and i gotta ask um holly this question for the <laughs> so like i just said this sound it to me it sounded like the sound was the sound of the house selling but it's not for you, where did you get the sound design for this? Because like it, it, like you, you hear the pieces of the wood crumbling, and like you hear it start to break apart and everything. And I think that's to me that's where this the sound design is so super impressive in this film because it feels like for the audience, like, it feels like we're right there in that house, you know. It's, it doesn't feel like we're watching from a distance. It feels like we're in the right there on the veranda with him and hearing this this house start to fall apart, and it feels very. Um, I was I watched everything on my laptop, but you would I would swear that I was listening in a theater with surround sound. So I think that's like where for I I gotta commend you on like the sound design and everything for that because like you guys I think did a fantastic job with the sound design and composition.
2: Well, I mean, I I agree on the sound design front, but I wasn't actually the sound designer. So yeah,
0: <laughs> but, um, you did all the music and everything, and like it all comes super very clear.
2: Yeah, I would definitely say with. A soundtrack like this, the music and the sound blends, and it is quite hard to tell where one starts and the other stops, which was definitely the intention. Um, and it was kind of, I got, even though the music was kind of started before I saw a cart um, or any visuals, once the film was forming as Anna's kind of said, it kind of tells you what it wants to be. And a lot of that for me was hearing the sounds starting to develop and all these creaks and all these amazing, amazing sort of like really like, I don't know, incredible visceral like moments with the house that you feel like it's a character. And definitely a lot of, a lot of the details in the music, a lot of the textures and all of the organic elements did kind of get a lot of inspiration from that and and um yeah I would say like a lot of the subtle textures and even some of the louder ones as well they're all kind of birthed from the really sort of yeah just visceral um intense and really unique sound aspects that the the house has Um, yeah yeah. yeah.
1: I um, just want to, uh, yeah, and I just want to sort of commend Mike in as well for her work. So in was a sound designer and and like Holly, we sort of played around with a lot of sounds in the early days, like thinking about what the termites would sound like. And I think in, in the beginning, it was easy to sort of put everything in there together. All of the sounds that we had, all of the music. And I think, I, honestly, I think the the most skillful element of of the sound design and the score was really working out the levels and the layering because so much of it, there's so many layers there, but I think what the sound and the music does is allow, it literally takes you on a journey. And so we did have to work a lot with the layering and bringing things up and then bringing them down, bringing them up, you know? So it, it, it was really uh, something that also, really came together in the mix
3: mm.
0: yeah no for the for the music like um like Holly the thing with the music like you said you you didn't really do the sound design but I think as a composer you got to work you have to make sure um that your composition complements the sound design and it doesn't overwhelm it because I think it could be e- it could be almost fairly easy to like just like make the score like bigger than it needs to be you know whereas for a film like this the score has to be just right to Compliment the sound of not only the Sony's end of like the term I said house, whatever, but to fit the mood of this character because he like he is going on an emotional journey and like he's following, um, he's going through this transition, I think, where like he's realizing, as I was saying, like this his house is falling apart, and like your score has to complement everything that we're seeing. So, especially at the end, I thought the music the the and credits music is very kind of like eerie. You know, it feels almost like a what's next kind of situation.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think um, you're totally right. We had a lot of um, really brilliant, I think, ideas with sound and music. And as Shalini said, it was kind of the case of, okay, we've got a lot of things doing different stuff in the different frequency areas. What do we really want to take and kind of subtract on to really... Like bring everything together. And um yeah, it's it was it was a it was a very interesting one. And I think you're absolutely right. It with a film like this, it was super crucial for the music and the sound to give the world and the character space. And um yeah, it was just a case of being kind of really tailoring what we wanted. The film to say and also kind of not say too much, so that each person could go into it and give their own interpretation. I think with a film like this, it would be it would be so easy for the music to be too heavy-handed. So we were very very um, intentional with what we did. Definitely, yeah. And I think it would also be really easy for the sound to be like
1: too on the nose as well. And I think in a way, it's like we're talking about the termites have this language, and we kind of had to learn their language, and you know their language. You know come up with it and think about the subtleties of it um you know there's easily a version of this film where it would ju- you would just hear you know this one termite sound and uh, and they're just like talking to each other and it, it but it wouldn't give it you know it wouldn't give it the complexity and and the sort of yeah the nature the feeling of it being layered and being like an actual language
0: yeah like they, they would it was this, just thinking what would they be saying oh the humans we need to destroy their homes yeah. uh, but <laughs> what would the termites be talking about but um but for 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 you Anna the thing that I, that always interests me with um short films because I I one of my things is I love speaking to creatives who make short films is because short films have to be um like I always say like they have to tell a very concise story and I think um it from to me it must be harder to like make a, a sharp film because you have to make sure you, you're telling this complete story. And like you have all of these scenes that you have to cut. And when you're cutting them, you're just thinking, wait but this but this could actually expand upon this particular line of dialogue or something the character is doing but you're like no we don't want to make a foot we're not making a feature length film you know this film is it has to be like less than what 20 minutes long so we got to make sure everything so for you as a as an as the editor like what are the challenges but also the fun aspects of like creating a short film um
3: good question yeah i mean as in this one, as Shalini mentioned, we had one instance of that of there being a little more background, a little more grounding in the story that we could have done with um, an extra character. And I, um, you know, Shalini made the call. Actually, we we very very quickly we made that call uh, yeah. that, that, that that wasn't what we're going to do. And and Shalini was very confident about that, and uh, and I, I and I fully fully was on board because for this one, it just it it, it just. I mean, we, we both felt it, I think, that it just is the right way to go, and apart from that, I think it was really, this one particularly was so well thought out, as I said before, there weren't really, um, it was more about getting the pace right within that scope and um, um, then and then sounds sounds especially because we've done a, we've got stamps from Mike and the sign designer, so we built a lot of it you know in a rough way during the edit how that's going to be shaped and then of course they changed it and mixed it uh later on um uh, but in general in shorts yes there's definitely there are so many different shorts you know that you can that i have cut uh and and they each present different challenges and um and um, like wildly different challenges, which is why I still enjoy doing shorts after you know having done some features as well, because um, you really can experiment, and there's really um, less pressure in terms of it being uh, told in a certain way or appealing to certain people. And then you you know really you can just sort of go wild and try different things.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much. So we're going to wrap up now. So um, I like to ask my guests sometimes, like what's next for for all of you? Because like you're doing your is wrapping up net, but what's next for you? Like Shalini, I really do think you should do a horror because I think you, I think think something, the vein of a house made of wax or something like that. But like, I think like what the three of you did, like with this film, like is it can be read and interpreted so many different ways, which I think is the beauty of filmmaking, it's all up to the audience, you know, like you 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 did your story and you're like, well, this is whatever you make of it is what you make of it. But what's next for the three of you? Uh so
1: for the three of us, I like I mentioned, um, I am working on a feature that I'm hoping to be shooting soon and it definitely isn't a horror it's it falls in a different space it sort of feels a bit like more like a coming-of-age film and it takes from my experiences growing sorry um, uh, spending my summers in India um I think I I am in a place where I, I want to sort of explore my understanding of home and hopefully get it out of my system so that I can um continue and uh, continue to create other work. But I have to say that working on White Ant and working with the sort of sci-fi, slightly horrific elements um, was so much fun for me that I, I am developing a film that sort of is a little bit more in the sci-fi space. So, yeah, <laughs> and yes, and so, and so, you know, hopefully these two ladies are gonna continue and work, work with me on the feature as
0: well, so. And for you, Holly and Anna, what's next?
2: Um, yeah, I'm actually midway through a feature at the moment. That's quite different. It's um, sort of a comedy. It's called Lady Parts, and it's about a woman that um, gets vaginismus. Um, so it's quite different. Um, and I'm I'm actually working on my first debut album as like an artist, like so. Oh, amazing! Yes. Looking Take forward to that. that. <laughs> So, you know what, I've, I've, I I kind of already knew this, but like, I love film because of the collaborative aspects. When I'm just put up to my own devices to make my own decisions, I'm like, oh gosh, please someone tell me, help me. (laughs) It's taking so much longer. Oh gosh. But yeah, that's what I'm doing at the moment.
3: (laughs) And for you, Anna. Uh, yeah, um, Well, I'm working, I'm attached to um, a couple of shorter projects, and then uh, I am very much hoping that I'll be able to work with Cellini on her film, because I loved working with her, and uh, hopefully we will collaborate uh, m- uh, again soon, and um, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's what I am doing.
0: <laughs> great thank you so much ladies and congratulations on a successful showing and a successful sundance that you made it through i know uh, i know film festivals are hard work for, uh, for, for for film creatives to do so you made it Yay!
1: yeah thank you so much and also thanks for like your questions and your attention to detail it's amazing it, it just is really wonderful to see someone um i think connect with work in the way that you do so
0: yeah thank you
3: yes <laughs> yeah you <laughs>
0: Thank you so much. So everyone, that was another episode of Carolyn Talks. And today I was joined by the creative team behind White Ant, an experimental short film which showed in the Indie Shorts um, Program 3 at the 2023 Sundance Film Festival. I was joined by screenwriter and director Shilini Adnani, editor Anna Meller, and music composer Holly Bouger. And I had a great time talking with the three of them about the film. It was not, again, I know when I watch films that I can't ever predict what they're going to be from reading the synopsis. And this film was very much like that. I did not expect to relate to the character the way I did. I did not expect to be cre- as creeped up by the film as I was be- at the again because of my personal experiences, but turn mics um, and bugs. I can't stand bugs. But I, it was a great short film, and um, I believe it might become available on the Sundance platform. I am not sure, but I'll include their um, social media links in the description boxes. You can find other episodes of Carolyn Talks with So Here's What Happened in um, podcasts on Acas, and, but why though.net, and you can go to my author page, that's dot com slash Carolyn High, C-R-O-L-Y-N-H-I-N-D-S. To find links to all of my podcast episodes, as well as to my YouTube channel and all of my writing, which is interviews, um, reviews, film analysis, profiles, and all of that good stuff. And my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash at symbol Carolyn underscore highs. So you can find the video versions of all of my Sundance coverage on my YouTube channel, as well as interviews that I've been doing for the African American Film Critics Association, where we do a virtual roundtable with Black creatives in the film and television industry following me on instagram and twitter at carrie cnh12 that's c-r-i-e-c-n-h-1-2 i co-host saturday night sci-fi which is a live tweet session me and my co-host do every saturday night at 10 p.m eastern where we do films and tv shows from around the world within the sci-fi genre just go for the hashtag saturday night sci-fi Sci-Fi, S C I F I. and even if you can't take part you can just go to the hashtag and follow all of the live tweets that we've done in previous for previous sessions you can comment or even suggest a film or tv show you think we should do as long as it's accessible for everyone that's always so much fun to do we've been doing it going on this will be our fifth year so yay for us for doing that and until the next episode of carolyn talks everyone stay safe